What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. We are here in studio to talk about one of our favorite films from the 2000s. This is Sherlock Holmes. Guys, we're friggin' hype. We'll see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. Boom! Yes! Uh. A little late, but still on the job. Very late. Uh, (laughs) We just got done pre-taping our John Wick episode for next week. John Wick 3, Parabellum. Which was sweet. It was fun. Parabellum, Stephen. Parabellum, you say. His name is Jonathan. It's it's Jonathan. I don't know why I said that. I didn't know what you were... I was just trying to roll with it. Just trying to roll with it. Uh, What's up, guys? We're in studio. We're back. We're talking Sherlock Holmes today, 2009, directed by Guy Ritchie. This is a film, correct me if I'm wrong here was requested by yeah i believe it was john getz is this a uh, john getz request i'm pretty positive so paul denuso has been doing so great with monitoring our patreon and keeping uh keeping tabs on everyone at every tier did a great thing of reaching out to every general and asking them what they would like as rewards yeah uh and a lot of them gave us like maybe four or five movies yeah Uh, i mean they, they all gave us about four or five movies total and once I plugged those movies into our schedule, I deleted the names of the person they were for because I'm what you would call a <laughs> moron. <laughs> so I'm pretty positive this is for nice. John Getz. Yes, yeah. you, are, you are a moron. Um, uh, so, <laughs> so uh, anyway, guys, we're talking about Sherlock Holmes on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things re- movie-related, and pop culture on the bucket full. I stutter there a little bit. It's all right. You I did stumbled. a perfect one la- earlier. Yeah, earlier on the week that's coming out next week. I see that you're dressed for your funeral this sun- Saturday. That's very clever. Thanks, Wilma. McLean. We're going to be. That. <laughs> did he just suggest he that? He did. Yeah. Nice. Well, very funny. Well, you're fired. Um, no. <laughs> this, uh, we uh, we are playing in Houston. Drew and I are uh, we're yeah. facing off in Houston, the movie trivia showdown this Saturday night at the Booker T World Gym Arena. Um, you know the rivalry is real, and you know we we make nice on camera. We're we're friendly, but. Uh, I really want to win, and I can't lose. I wanted to. <laughs> I want to destroy you. Like I've thought about this. In the least, like I hate you way. Yeah, <laughs> I want to just like I want to embarrass you publicly. I want to just like I'm sure. I'm sure you, you do. Well, see, so here's the thing. This is what I love about it is you can't end dastard. You just can't. No matter what, the star uh, is too bright. So even if you win, which you won't, I've got nothing to lose. Uh, I never do. People just love me. You have uh, everything to lose. You're not going to get in my head. I'm already in your head. You're You've not, already had nightmares. You're having dreams about we me. We have a limited number of minutes to cover Sherlock Holmes. I will spend 28 minutes and 47 <laughs> seconds talking. <laughs> uh, do we have a very hard out, J-Lo? Do you know? Mm. Perfect. Great. That's, That's all perfect. we'll need. So it'll be a little, little bit of a shorter episode today, guys, yep. but there's a ton of fun stuff to talk about. So this is Action Movie Anatomy. We review movies here. We talk about movies on the show. Action movies that adhere to four basic categories. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. It's a hero, it's a hero combo mm-hmm. in uh, Holmes and Watson. So And, <clears throat> yeah, I guess, I mean, it feels like Sherlock Holmes would always have to play by his own rules because of rule number two. The hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, creatures, dinosaurs, what have you, in the room. Um, Sherlock Holmes has to always be the smartest person in the room. That's why we love him. He's Sherlock Holmes. And I do actually think that Mark Strong does a great job of being the other smartest guy in the room. Totally, totally. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure... 
Is he's an inspector? He's a detective. He's not like police though. So yeah, and the and the actual police are like against him, right? Kind of. So yeah, it's a little kind of a miss. And rule number four: the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Definitely, there's a huge explosion. Yeah. Um, so big shout out to some patrons in the army: Jason Lasky and Kevin Smets, the Smasher. We, we salute, salute you. you. Uh, yes, guys, you have been crushing it. We love you in the Action Army. You know, uh, there's a big meetup we're going to be actually doing this weekend. After the event in Houston, Drew and I are going to be doing an exclusive meetup with patrons. Patrons are all invited to, uh, should we announce it live or just send it directly to the patrons? I think we announce it. I think we just say it. Okay. Unless you don't want to. It feels like you're a little reluctant. Well, it's if we just announce it publicly to everyone where we're going, then I feel like. Oh, yeah. So right? on uh, yeah. So on our Patreon, patreon.com slash teamaction, everyone at the $1 tier and above we will tell you exactly where we will be having our meetup which will happen right after the match we will do a little bit of the uh the vip pictures the meet and greet stuff we'll talk to people and then uh yeah and then we're gonna go over and do this thing and and if you are patrons that at the 25 and above level anybody at the 25 dollar and above level gets one of these sick coins that we have i love it yeah we have these uh these gold coins uh they say team guy and team bateman they're absolutely beautiful they're so sweet Um, we we love these things and so uh you'll be receiving one of these as well as these customized prints that drew and i uh, we're gonna be sending those out to you but they're there's, uh, there's a whole thing, so everybody at the $50 turn normally gets the coins and things like that, but we're doing a special for Houston because we can give you the coins in person uh, yeah. and not ship them. Yeah. So it, between now and uh, Saturday, if you join at the $25 tier, then you guys get to, you know, either have them shipped to you or get them in person. So yeah. And lastly, tonight, if you uh, please go follow at uh, Team Action Show on Twitter. You can follow me at Ben Bateman. You can follow him at Bateman Media. <laughs> you can ben, ben Bateman, Bateman Media. Media. You can follow me at Andrew Guy. But check our Twitters because tonight we will be on Booker T's ESPN show. Uh, on We will be calling in yeah. to hype up our match where Ben will lose and Booker's on my side because Booker's smart. And he's I'm going to antagonize Booker on the air. <laughs> I want you to pick a fight with Booker T on the air. I do. Have you seen him in the videos? He is gigantic. He's jacked. That guy could just—he could rip my arms off. He would break me in half. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And he's like got to be like almost fifty, right, or around that age. You Takes would think. Remarkable care of himself. It's incredible. Uh, it's really nice to have someone of that caliber on your side. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Very good. Um, all right, guys, we're going to move on to the next part of the show here. Um, Andrew's going to lose. I love our, like, you You can see our eyes in the, like, on the video. There's just, like, a lot of this, like, side-eye listening while the other person is talking. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll support you enough during this episode of AMA, but I'm going to ruin you on Saturday. It's going to be ugly. I'm going to set you on fire on stage. Now, historically, I, guys, we're just going way off, off the rails here because I don't know how we're not supposed to. But uh, historically, you're the unreasonably competitive one. You you get like you get like cagey in your level of competition. I can feel it creeping into my veins. I yeah. like you feel it. I want to murder you. I can I can imagine, and you're going to want to murder me even because I'm not going to stop. I'm going to start sending you texts at three in the morning, six mm, in the morning, five funny. in the morning, just, just, just pictures. I know the picture. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> Uh, so coming up today on the show, guys, we are going to be talking about our high school actress crushes. Um, this is a brand new segment we're debuting for this episode. Uh, we are also uh, going to be talking about uh, something MCU related because all three of the main actors in this film uh, are MCU actors and actresses. So uh, we're going to be talking about who we want to see join the next phase of the MCU. Yep. Um, so stay tuned for that. But uh, without further ado, I think we get into the first segment we do on the show. And this is the Action Guys Summarize. A hundred percent. So we get two minutes. 20 seconds each. I'm learning. Yeah. And I've, and I've learned. So uh, 
We got JLo, JLo up in the booth once again, everyone. JLo is here uh, in the booth engineering the show, doing a great job. And we've also got Brandon Hanna on the couch, the intern. Slash Bra- associate producer <clears throat> of the show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Slash associate producer Hello. of the show who's watching the chat. Hey, Brandon, you have a Schmodown match airing soon, don't you? Uh, yes, it hasn't been announced yet. But, yeah, oh, so uh, we'll keep that under wraps. Then. Yeah, so yeah, oh, is that, oh, oh, is it, if it hasn't been announced, announced, all right, all right, but he, a few more weeks. Yeah. Okay, you, Brandon's joining the Schmodown. We can, it, I feel like we could say that. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening, and uh, no one could, no one's deserved it more. You know, you've been, you've been around for a long time, dressing up as this jackass since day one. <laughs> so uh, I'm very happy to see that you will be joining us. You um, look good, thank Brandon. you. You look, you look good. You look great. <laughs> uh, Actually, guys, summarize. Let me pull up the clock here. I'll start the stopwatch, and uh, I'm going to let you take it away in three, two, one, go. All right, so Sherlock Holmes is the greatest detective in the world, and Robert Downey Jr. says funny stuff, uh, and then he's got an assistant named Watson, and they are, like, investigating the dis- the disappearance and death of these girls, and they find her, and she's convulsing, and they're like, how do we stop it? And Mark Strong's a bad guy, and you see him, and he's wearing a funny cloak that's got some purple in it, and then you're like, is Downey a good fighter? I'm and then sure. he's like, and she's, like, about to stab himself, herself, but then Downey stops him, and he's got this really sweet, like, fighting style where he, like, breaks down all these things beforehand he's like oh i'm gonna hit him here and it's gonna do this and i'm gonna hit him here and it's gonna do this and he's gonna do this and i'm gonna counter it and it's a really cool thing probably my favorite thing about the movie is how rdj does his hand-to-hand combat yeah and so then he's like okay they save the girl and then and then they go and they're like okay what's next except that moriarty gets hung and because he's not really hung you're like not moriarty okay the blackwood lord blackwood (laughs) he gets killed uh but he's not actually dead you kind of know that he's not really dead so now there's a bigger mystery of like what's he up to what are they gonna do watson's engaged and downey jr has some weird affection for him where he like doesn't want him to be happy with a woman i'm not sure why yeah it's weird i i can't imagine what it would be like if your best friend started dating someone and you were jealous i I i've never been there I, (laughs) i can't imagine how rdj is feeling so you start to figure out uh let's see lord blackwood he 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 jesuses and he rises from the dead and he moves this gigantic slab of stone and everyone's terrified because he was apparently walking around in the mornings and the and so downey like is like okay now i gotta solve the crime so rachel mcadams shows up and you're like who's this and then downey does this cool thing where he like sneaks out the window and puts on a big fake nose and he like questions her and he finds out what's going on i think you meet moriarty for a second we're not really totally sure Mm -hmm. and then uh there's a more kidnapping and death i don't remember what happens next and then rachel mcadams is introduced and she's beautiful and uh and then downey's in love with her but then he runs into this like really really tall giant guy who he has to fight and he keeps tasing him over and over and it doesn't kill him and then they end up like getting in a fight with a gigantic sledgehammer and then the boat goes into the harbor and it Mm. sinks and then he's like oh dear god watson what have we done and one second now. And it's two minutes. That's two minutes. That's the whole movie. That's the whole movie. <laughs> You'll have to come back next week for the, the second half of the film and the ending. We're very bad We're, at the we really, we really got to figure out. This is more for us than it is for them, I think. It seems point. that way. <laughs> I don't know if we're adding to the show by doing this I segment. think we're just filling two minutes of time. I mean, we got halfway through the movie. Hmm. We seem to do that a lot. We actually watched these. <laughs> we did. We, we, we do watch these movies. We're just... It's a lot harder than you think. Do you guys think That's that, for you, by the way. That's very clever. It says good luck on the cap of my yeah. cold brew coffee. I'm going to take the higher ground and throw this at you. <laughs> uh, did you guys like Summarize? Yeah, do you guys actually like Summarize, or do you just think we're idiots? Brandon, do, Brandon, do you, do you like, like Summarize? Us at all? <laughs> I, th- I think it's fun. Uh, Will McLean says it was great from someone who hasn't seen this movie. Will's still here? I thought I fired him. 
Richard Jarvis says, I don't think they've ever completed a movie in that. We haven't. We, yeah, yeah. we definitely haven't, Jarvis. Exactly. I love that Brandon was like, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's good enough. It, it's no film physics, but it's almost there. <laughs> Did you have a film physics for this movie? No. Well, no. then shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> Though I think if we film physics, we'll be returning. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I actually really like that segment. In Avengers 5. And I also think you shouldn't tell us the outcome ever. Yeah. I mean, obviously, until we're on the show. Yeah. Because I like to make, I like to beat Ben mm. at things. You're going to nice. need that. Very funny. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the first bit of the show that we do. This is Thesis Statement. It's your biggest, boldest thought about the film. I was rude in hyperbole. The first, the best, the last, the only, the greatest. That kind of a thing. Um, it should never be. <laughs> <laughs> If I don't have one. <laughs> it should really be, uh, you know, uh, a big thought about the film. Like, if you started talking about this movie in a group of people, what would you want to say to really uh, bring to people what you think about the movie? And uh, I'm going to throw it to Andrew first. Yeah, sure. I'm going to hop in. <laughs> I'm going to hop in right now, and, and I'm going to say it. This movie, along with the career that RDJ has in the mid to late 2000s, is indicative that he will win an Oscar before he retires. This man is just such a chameleon. He can do anything. He can play blackface in a comedy in 2009. He can play Sherlock... 2008. 2008. Uh, he can play... Yeah, he can play Sherlock Holmes while being Iron Man. And he's just he's just so great in all of it. He's just incredibly charismatic. You, you always believe him. Yeah. No matter how ridiculous his character is playing. Even when he's playing Kurt Lazarus, or Kurt Lazarus in the beginning, in the trailers, you're like... That guy could be a real actor in Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> what is it called? The Devil's Alley? Uh, Satan's Alley. Satan's Alley. <laughs> it's referring to a butthole. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> I just like... I mean, unless 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 he's just gotten everything he wants out of acting, right? Yeah. Like, unless he's just kind of like, I'll just chill and make fun movies every now and then, do what I want. I don't really care. Then he won't. And, you know, but I think if he honestly wants to, if he wants to go on a run, if he's like really after it, which I, this next phase in his career is going to be is going to be a really big teller of whether or not he's going to keep going or kind of retire because he's he's got the luxury of, of being Iron Man and it ending now. Um, I would love to see him do it. I would love to see him go for it for the next 10 years, let's say, or even eight years, six years and win an Oscar. Yeah. A, a leading or supporting Oscar in a role that is just completely transformative because I truly believe he is one of the best character actors and leading men out there, period. I made that up just now. Nice. That's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Your explanation was better than the actual statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but we get there sometimes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Sherlock Holmes is... The only unique Robert Downey Jr. performance in the post-Iron Man fame that exists. <laughs> Is the what? It's the only unique Robert Downey Jr. performance that exists in the post-Iron Man fame. So, like, Tropic Thunder was the same summer, so it doesn't count. Right, yep. He literally has just played Robert Downey Jr. slash Tony Stark in every role for ten years, except for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. It's the only one. He does an accent. He's different. He actually has, like, weird affectations. You look at, like, you look at, like Due Date, The Judge, like... It's just him being Tony Stark. It's literally just Tony Stark over and over yeah. again. And for whatever weird reason, that's just like a decision that he made, that that was like what he was going to do. Well, it's because it's kind of like Will Smith in the late 90s. Right. We, don't, we just want that. We just will let him do that until we're tired of it. It's the same thing that happened with Will Smith, is he just did the same thing over and over and over, and we were like, yes, yes, yes. no. Right. I'm over it. JLo, can you uh, do me a favor and blow up on the screen for me Robert Downey Jr.'s filmography from 2009 forward? 
Just want to make sure that I'm not totally off base on that. Um, that would be terrific. Uh, but thinking about like what he does in this movie and like the the weird character affectations and and just kind of he like makes a distinct choice to play this character like a strange kind of like he's like oddly feminine. Yeah, and I mean, like, <clears throat> and I mean this with no disrespect because yeah. I was on a team. Uh, I was on an improv team with someone for almost five years that was on the spectrum yeah it seems like he plays sherlock like he's a little bit on the spectrum which right i actually love there's just something about like you're saying he plays it a little effeminate he's got these weird ticks uh there's just something so inch i mean honestly he could if, if it weren't for rachel mcadams you could even wonder if right. you know like what his sexual orientation is and be totally. totally cool with it there's just all these interesting kind of question marks about the way that he plays sherlock that makes it the character so much deeper then it's then just RDJ being like clever and quippy, you know, right. which I love. I just looked, and so the only other movie is The Soloist, <laughs> which is 2009, though. So I think it's not the post Robert Downey Jr. fame. It's like literally happening at the same time this movie comes out. Like I think that by the, by the time he makes the second Sherlock Holmes movie is like when he's fully in. Yeah. Even by the second Iron Man movie, like people didn't know what to expect in the first Iron Man. He wasn't famous yet. Yeah. And then I think honestly, the first Sherlock Holmes, it was like, okay, we're going to give you a chance, Robert Downey. To like lead a franchise. It's also like approachable in a way that at the time Iron Man wasn't like people watched it, but it wasn't because Iron Man was a known quantity. People love Sherlock Holmes as a character. And during this, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't this also when the other Sherlock Holmes was very popular? The Sherlock? TV show? It's like 2010, 2011, so it's like, I think. So it's like right afterwards, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. Pretty Got certain. It. Pretty certain. So... Um, anyway, that's going to be our conversation there about thesis statement regarding Sherlock Holmes. We're going to get into the next part of the show here, and this is fist pump moment. This is when that thing happens in the movie. You kind of look around, you're like, this is really sweet. Are you yeah. seeing this right now? This is awesome! Yep. I'm so excited about this! I get to watch the rest of this movie. Um, I'll say that my fist pump moment is... <laughs> there's a bottle cap that says good luck. Andrew has slid it over on the table several times. <laughs> An unfunny <laughs> amount of time. <laughs> a reference to our match in Houston this weekend. Um, so uh, my fist pump moment is in the final, like, whatever it is, 15 minutes as he's unveiling that he now knows all of the tricks that Blackwood used. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing his Sherlock thing. Yeah. Because, like, actually, that's one of the things I like the most about this movie. Are you talking when he's with Rachel and Jude or when he's with Strong? When he's with Strong. And Strong's, like, holding on to the beams. Yep, yep. And he's explaining. Damn it, Holmes, cut yeah. me loose. Yeah. And he's explaining each of the things. And you're like, oh, sweet. So there wasn't actually any magic. It's yeah. like all just like devices and weird and like awesome. Like he's the greatest detective in the world. He's, yeah. you know, and that's, I, I think that's one of the most successful parts of this movie is that even though it's like, you know, this is a Joel Silver movie, right? Uh, produced by? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Joel Silver movie. Ethan Irwin. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah he came on the second one, I think. Um, but uh, this is a Joel Silver movie. And like, you know, traditionally those are big actiony adventure movies are pretty lighthearted they're fun they tend to not really be super dark i called you last night sort of watching this it's like a detective story oh, yeah yeah literally thinking about the difference in the kind of movie where like this is a kind of movie where you're like nothing bad is going to befall my hero and nothing that they're going after will end in like a tragic way yeah versus like other detective stories like if true detective season one or like nocturnal animals or you know the pr- prisoners doesn't end badly but like could have like there's or even just, like a movie like nightcrawler for instance where it's not even a detective movie but you're still trying to figure something out but it's dark you're like and you know something bad will happen like oh moment. my hero could just die here you're yeah like, quite easily like i would not be surprised if something horrible happens and that's how the movie ends and like 
you are teased with suspense and then that suspense just results in a death yep and, and then the movie ends and it's kind of bleak and you're watching this movie and you're like yeah none of my characters that i care about are gonna die i know this is gonna work out i can just tell by the tone of the movie yeah which i which is fascinating because spoiler alert <clears throat> second one rachel mcadams dies does she i'm pretty sure she does yeah hmm. and, and chat you guys remember. can clarify that if i'm not correct but i'm, I'm almost 100 percent sure moriarty kills her in the hmm. second one which is like i think the second movie might actually be better than the first one interesting of, of like upon you know like now that almost a decade's gone by for both yeah um <clears throat> but but yeah that that is a very true point there it it's not that there's not stakes because you do care, which yeah. is why your fist pump is the unveiling of everything. But you're never worried. No. Yeah. I love that. I love that unveiling of each of the things because like, she does die. She does, and yeah. it's it's so cool in each of the moments where because I think the two distinctive things that RDJ does, and this is I'm sure all in the script, and he just like is the perfect guy to exemplify it, is that there's the slow mo fighting. Yep. Which is really cool. So sick. And like at the time, I remember it was so cool. Yeah. At the time, I remember thinking like this is like the, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's like Guy Ritchie keeps fighting these like gems he's like oh i'm gonna make the whole movie come together in one scene or oh i figured out a way to make fighting new yeah and like the way that you're sort of like this like this like lanky kind of effeminate weird like slap fighting but he can like beat way bigger guys because he like understands the science of the body and he's like a genius like that's really cool and he illustrates that but also i love when he's he's unveiling these little details like that's probably one of the coolest parts about the whole movie i think that's kind of the, my fist pump is even in the scene earlier where he like sees watson and it shows what actually happened and him running and confronting mcadams in the carriage with the fake nose oh right that type of stuff <clears throat> is really cool you don't realize like in certain moments what he's doing and then when it shows later what he was doing yeah it's cool it's like there are these easter eggs and i think that's kind of my fist pump is just that that storytelling aspect that makes the movie feel like a big payoff at the end right it's like changing the exposition to, to just a more interesting way of, of instead of just being like this 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 and this it's like show us something we don't understand and then be like oh right know, like reveal it to us uh brandon any really good uh, fist pumps we're missing in the chat? Um, Jacob Leaf says his fist pump is Hans Zimmer's score. Great oh, score. That's, uh, that's what Jeff Graham said before the show started. And uh, Richard Jarvis is, during the slow-mo fight went down, he says, discombobulate. Yeah, discombobulate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, I'm going to hop in because that is my fist pump moment. The slow-mo fight? So the first slow-mo fight is really sweet when he takes out like the dude in the watchtower yeah. or whatever and he's like and, and I also love when he always does prognosis he's like three broken ribs blah 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 but that's not for the first guy that's my fi- the actual fist pump is when it's like you figure out that Sherlock Holmes at night likes to get shit faced drunk yeah. and go do hand to hand like bar fights in this like yeah. seedy club to keep his like fight like his fighting wits about him yeah yeah, yeah. and i love that they're just like going back and forth and back and forth this dude's actually kind of kicking his ass right and then he sees rachel mcadams and he's like all right i'm done and then the dude spits on him yeah and he's like in his mind he's like do i do this or do i not do this and then all of a sudden it breaks down the fight yeah yeah, and it's like it's like what does he do like stun then dislocate jaw then completely separate hit cracked ribs like the whole thing is is like this guy's about to get fucked up he like ruins like ruins him yeah um and then it actually happens, which I also love that they show you in slow-mo, and then when it actually happens, you're still taking, you're still like, that is awesome. Yeah, he crushes him. And it also seems believable. Yeah, totally believable. And yeah. it's like all the things that he talks about, it's like block blind haymaker, block, you know, a jab that's going to blind jab, whatever. It's like, because that's what someone would do in that position. And I just love that he just destroys him, and then it ends with the kick to the solar plexus or the diaphragm, and he flies through the wall, and then you hear someone go, where did that come from? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're just like, God. 
so sick. Yeah. If I could fight like that, I could do anything. Yeah, it's it definitely was one of the things that stuck out about this movie. You know, I remember seeing this. I saw this in theaters. Like, oh, and Denuso just goes capacity to spit neutralized, which yeah. is what he says at the end. <laughs> you saw this in theaters? Yeah, I remember, and I remember liking it. I think I did too. I saw yeah. the second one in theaters too. I just didn't remember anything about it. I know. I think it's weird because, like, again, I actually think maybe the second one might be better than the first one, but it took me to getting it on DVD and watching it like many times. Do you think at all about the fact that, and this is invariably the truth, you could ask any any Schmodown pro, but movie watching is forever changed for us because of the movie trivia Schmodown, for the worse in a lot of cases. Oh, much worse. And also, I didn't used to think about what I couldn't remember about the movies I'd seen. Yep. It was like, I saw it once, it's yep. enough, I can have an opinion about it. Versus now, it's like, if I want to actually talk about a movie that I don't remember that much about... I'd almost feel like I'm not qualified anymore Same. unless I don't rem- unless I remember a lot like about every, it. Like at least 80% of everything about it. Like there are movies on my list that I want to go back and revisit that I've seen before. Like a lot of the 70s stuff, like a lot of like the old like Dog Day Afternoon and like Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, movies that I watched in high school, The Conversation. I watched all those movies and I don't remember very much about any of them. And then you like kind of resent yourself, right? Because you're like, I don't want to watch that again. How can I not remember who was in that? What happened? You know, and you're like, I guess I got to watch it again. Totally. <laughs> it's 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 the weirdest part about memory and getting older is that you just start to realize, oh shit, there's a limited capacity for what's going to stay in there. I know. I, I used to always hear like people say that to like, I only have so much bandwidth. Or like, I remember this guy used to always be like, my hard drive can only hold so much. I'm like, yeah. you sound like a fucking idiot yeah. <laughs> when you say things like that. And I don't want to talk to you anymore. And then, like, I am exactly that. I'm like, my brain can only hold right. X. And I'm trying to fill in all this useless movie knowledge so that I can destroy you on Saturday. It's not useless. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So let's uh, let's keep moving on through the show. We're going to get into star profiles now. And we're going to talk about RDJ, Jude Law, and Rachel McAdams, which will get us into our high school crushes segment. We'll work from the top down. Robert Downey Jr., 2008 was in Iron Man, 2008 was in Tropic Thunder, and 2009 was in The Soloist. We've And notably in 2007 was in Zodiac, which is the, that's, that's the lead-in movie the start. that starts the, uh, the, I guess there's not a clever name like the McConaissance, is there? The McConaissance, that, that's like the greatest one. Yeah, right. But Did you come up with that? No, no you didn't. It was like a GQ article or something? Somebody, I can't remember who said it. Genius. But, um, but like, yeah, the, the very first, the first like sort of sign. The downtime. Mm. <laughs> yeah, weird. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, good, good one. <laughs> Drew is excommunicado. Um, so uh, the very first one is is Zodiac in 2007, and that's where we're we're like, oh wow, RDJ is super sweet again. Like this yeah. is great. I'm really compelled. And then Iron Man comes out in 08 and just takes the world by storm. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, uh, did was he a list and we just missed it? Yeah, was he really that famous? Oh, I guess he's that famous. And then he gets, you know, Tropic Thunder, and everyone's paying attention, and he's great, and he gets the Oscar nomination. So by the time The Solos comes out, it's like, I actually remember thinking, this movie looks silly because it's Jamie Foxx in, like, post-Oscar win, I'm gunning for, like, another Another Oscar Oscar. or something. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. in, like, a... Yeah, I'll take a movie. Yeah, like, oh, he's (laughs) across from Jamie Foxx in this kind of a movie? That guy won an Oscar. I'll I'll act with him. Yeah, I haven't seen Robert Downey Jr. in a movie like this 
I don't know, Ever, like so since long. I've been an adult. Yeah. You know? And so it came out, and then, of course, Sherlock Holmes comes out in 09, and really the majority of his career since then... Robert's Revenge, nice. says Alex Frost. I like that. Really the majority of Robert Downey Jr.'s career since 2010 has been Marvel. He was in yeah. Chef. He was in Due Date. He was in... The Judge. The Judge. And I think he's in, like, one other movie, and otherwise it's all Marvel movies. And so we haven't really seen the... All the potential and sort of momentum that was like building in this era. Yeah. I almost wonder, is it still there? I think it is. He's fantastic in Endgame. I yeah, he really is. And I think I think he does such a good job of playing himself in those movies that you kind of just want more of him. Yeah. So I think I think that's maybe why he picked so many movies that were so on Tony Stark and also picked a couple that were not. So I mean again, I really hope that his career just keeps going. I love Robert Downey Jr. He's it, so good. Is I love you 3000 the best quote from the movie? Someone just said I love guy 3000. Did they? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Brandon, that. stop in the chat. Stop. <laughs> just end the chat. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is I love you 3000 the best quote in the movie? Yeah, I think so. It's a great it's quote. It's just so good. It's, and it's, especially the way that he says it afterwards yeah. when he knows, you know, I love you 3000. Yeah, I love you 3000. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's so sad. All right, moving on to uh. the next person in line. You have Jude Law, uh, 2007 Sleuth, 2009 Rage, and uh, 2009 The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Was his career on the decline already? Yeah, yeah. And that movie, that, The Imaginarium, is such an interesting movie. Doesn't it have, like, everyone in it? Like, Kate Blanchett and well, Colin Farrell people and, came and in. Heath Ledger. And... Well, no, it's because Ledger is the star, and he right. died in production. So right. four so people come four in other people. to play his role yeah. in different scenes. I've never actually watched it, but... I haven't either. I've heard it's interesting and yeah. fine, but, like, nothing great. But, like, Jude Law, if we think back to, like, early 2000s, late 90s Jude Law, is, he's like... He's, like, sex symbol, A-list. Yeah, because he's in, like, he's in, like, Talented Mr. Ripley in the late 90s, and then he's got Cold Mountain in 03, he's got Closer in 04, he's got Alfie in there, he's got... Oh, uh, Alfie. Sky Capped in the World of Tomorrow, I think. I Heart Huckabees is in 03. there, too. I Heart Huckabees, which I love. Like, 2007? Earlier. No, no, it was earlier. Like 2004, Four, probably, yeah. something like that. Um, but uh, he, he was, like, totally that guy. He was doing it. Like, people loved him. And then, and then of course, he's the one that got in trouble for cheating on his wife with a nanny, right? He cheated on Naomi Watts, didn't he? Or, or, no, Sienna Miller? Sienna Miller. Sienna Miller. I, I think that I don't know if I've ever seen someone's career take such a nosedive because of something like that. Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess they're both kind of back. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Jude feels like he was loved by women more than men by such a monumental degree. Oh. That when it happened, his career, like, tanked. Well, think about it. You've got this sex symbol, this this heart throb, this this leading man in a in your rom-com, in yeah. your romance film. Nope. And you're sitting there watching, you're like, that guy cheated on his wife the whole fucking time. Yeah. You just can't sell tickets with that. Yeah. And he just he just disappears. Oh, he's in Road to Perdition as the assassin in 02. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, yeah he, his early 2000s is great. But like Sleuth, Rage, The Imaginarium, you know, he does the sequel to this movie. And then really he's kind of just not doing it for a few years. Yeah. And I honestly don't really even know if he is still doing it. Like, I mean, he definitely is back. Yeah. You know, he was just in Captain Marvel. Um, and they're doing a third one of these that's yeah. coming out. And and I mean, I think he did exactly what you have to do when you when you screw up. Yeah. Is you just like, all right, cool. I'm going to make 10 million less dollars over the next 10 years and I'm going to be in exponentially less films. And hopefully his, I can come back. What's his last four years like? I know. I wanted to look at that, too. So uh, <clears throat> and then lastly, maybe Brandon, if you want to look that up for us real quick. 
Yeah, look, if you could look that up while we talk about... Uh, lastly is Rachel McAdams. She was in The Lucky Ones in 2008, State of Play in 2009, and The Time Traveler's Wife in 2009. It's so weird because Rachel McAdams, in my mind, is an A-list star, but she's really more of like a B-list booking in the sense of she's in A-list movies, she's in big movies, but she doesn't seem to be the focus of any films anymore. Well, Even- she, I remember she came out you know, it's The Notebook and it's Mean Girls. Yeah. Those are like the two movies early on that like break her and she becomes like a thing. And for a few years, it's like, OK, Rachel McAdams, like she's going to she's going to be like the next thing. Yeah. She was in, you know, Red Eye and she was Mean Girls. She was, she was everywhere. She was. Our, and I think by the time she plays Regina George, she's already almost 30 or she's close to 30. I think she's in her mid 20s. I think. Yeah. yeah. And for whatever weird reason, because this the Lucky Ones 08 State of Play 09 times. This is still kind of like prime like prime Rachel McAdams, I guess, or the closest to prime Rachel McAdams we got. But I remember when state of play came out thinking she's like, maybe DiCaprio. No, it's the Russell Crowe one. Just Crowe. It's like, maybe she's the third or the fourth build. It's like, it's like Ben Affleck's in the movie and like Robin Wright's in the movie and like Jason Bateman's in the movie. Helen Mirren's in the movie. Right. Rachel McAdams is part of an ensemble. She's, I just remember thinking like, wow, like she's just not doing it like I thought she was. Yeah, it's so interesting because I think really what it is, a lot of people don't think she can just carry a movie on her own anymore because yeah. like she's great in Game Night. You know, she's, she's great. fun and she's really fun in there and um, she does a really good job in uh, in Wedding Crashers, obviously, but that's like oh, in the height of her that's the third one. stardom. Yeah. That's the third in, the, in that original trio. Uh, we got Brandon over here has pulled some Jude Law. Yeah, what do you got, Brandon? Uh, <clears throat> so most recently, he's done Captain Marvel. Yep. He was uh, Dumbledore in Fantastic Beasts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, the... right. Uh, he was in Vox Lux and he was in King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. So prior to King Arthur, what's the, what's the four years like? Movie. Um, let's see, a movie called Genius. Yeah. Uh, a lot of short and TV sh- movies. Uh, Spy. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Black Sea. Oh, we, uh, we had to have Steph come back on for Spy. We got to cover that. She loves it. Us. She loves it. Side effects in 2013. So she was... That's just so weird. So he really... So, he really, so Jude Law really did have... A, a very, very, very quiet three or four years. Yeah, and it's just in the last. It's just in the last two years, really, that he's come back. Yeah, and but all of a sudden, his agent or somebody was just like, "All right, it's time. Let's do the Jude Law thing. Yep. Let's get him it's, going." It's been it's been long enough. Because honestly, getting him in Fantastic Beasts, Captain Marvel, King Arthur, those are huge, and another Sherlock. Like that's back to straight A list stardom, especially Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's massive. Uh, so really quickly, we're going to just talk about our high school crushers because I, you know, we were talking about segments uh, leading into this episode, and Rachel McAdams, I've just been absolutely in love with her since The Notebook. I, she is my number one Hollywood crush from from day one. She is just so beautiful and wholesome, and even when she's Regina George, I'm kind of like I would love that girl to be mean to me in high school. <laughs> like I would, I, that's the girl I'd be in love with that wouldn't talk to me in high school. Um, I have. She can she can seriously do no wrong in my eyes. Still. Still. Like, even even I could go watch The Lucky Ones and probably be like, man, Rachel McAdams is so wonderful in The Lucky Ones. Other than Doctor Strange, what's her last three years like? So her last three years are, let's look it up and let's talk about it, because <clears throat> I, I don't think she'll ever really get to where she was before 
I just don't think that's it's just hard to do. It's, yeah, of course. Because your twenties and thirty, your twenties and thirties are like the our prime time to like establish your legacy. But she was so impactful in those three movies that honestly, if Rachel McAdams in her mid forties was to have a huge moment, it wouldn't be surprising. She was also in Doctor Strange, so she, <clears> in theory she'll be in the second Doctor Strange. Yeah, so she was in Game Night in twenty eighteen, Disobedience in twenty seventeen, Doctor that, yeah. Strange in twenty sixteen, Spotlight in twenty fifteen, True Detective in twenty. So she's like killing it right still, still killing it yeah true detective in 2015 southpaw in 2015 aloha so she's okay so we're just kind of off she's, she's we are just a little bit off she's kind of come back it seems like she had maybe a few few years before the 2014 run yeah that were a little more quiet yeah that's true but even then it was like she she was doing she was doing the whole yeah family stone married life the lucky one stay to play time traveler's wife sherlock holmes honestly it was between like 2009 and now she just kind of all. I, I think really what it is is she only does like a movie or two a year hmm. tops, and they're not really our type of movies. Like half of them, she's really good in Disobedience. That was a that was a like under the radar awards contender, <clears throat> right? Most people didn't talk about. I like um, forgot she was in Spotlight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I love her. I think she's so great. I think she's so talented. I I don't know if she'll ever win an Oscar. I don't know if she'll ever get to that level. Um, did you have someone who was your high school crush that you were just like, I love you no matter what? I did. I love you 3,000. Here's my question. What age did you give up on the idea of marrying Rachel McAdams? How old were you when you were like, all right, it's probably not realistic. I know, right? Because I, I did know that I like wanted to move to L.A. and, yeah. and like be in Hollywood. Uh I think there's still a slight chance that I can pull it off. <laughs> you never know, man. I can meet her at a screening one night. Things sparks could fly. Sparks fly. I'd be story like, of Andrew and I'd Rachel. I'd be like, hey, Rachel, your hair's so fetch. And she'd be like, fucking don't talk to me, dude. Who are you? <laughs> Get, let this guy in. <laughs> You're like, I'm working at the waffle stand. I'm at the, the waffle stand. <laughs> you can have as much syrup as you'd like. Uh, mine in, was originally was, was Kira Knightley when I was in high school. I loved Kira Knightley <clears throat> so much. Like, I remember when... I remember when Pirates came out and like I went back and I watched like Bend It Like Beckham because like that was the only she had only been in like a few movies that anyone had ever heard of. Right. Um, and I went I watched Bend It Like Beckham and I think like honestly she she had Pirates where she's great. She's beautiful. And then she's mostly in really bad movies for a few years. Yeah. She's in The Jacket, which is not very good. She's in King Arthur as Guinevere, which is really bad. Really bad. She's Domino Harvey. My, my name my name's Domino Harvey. The only successes that Kira Knightley had in, in the 2000s, really in the mid 2000s, other than the Pirates movies, were these period piece dramas. So, like, I, I believe it's and Jane, Love Actually. She's in Jane Eyre. Oh yeah, Love Actually. I love her so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Jane Eyre and Atonement yep. and Pride and Prejudice. Yep. I think she's in all those, and that's where she really shines. And then you know she got into the she got into the last sort of five years of her career, and it's like. She just shows up as like Jason Clark's wife in Everest or like Oh yeah. That's the kind of role she gets nowadays. <sighs> and even in even in Everest, you're just like, I'll marry you. I love now her. that he's dead, I'll, I'll marry <laughs> Kira Knightley, I, I I did not let go of the I'm gonna marry Kira Knightley plan until probably like ten years ago. Really? I was like twenty and I still was thinking You were like, it. I could still pull it off. Yeah. I'm in LA. She's in LA. Yeah. It's a big city. Yeah, it was a hard one to let go. It was hard. <laughs> but uh, man, I understand. I completely understand. So that's our uh, <laughs> those are our high school crushes. Weird high school crush. I'm not sure if that was a good idea. We'll find out. I mean, it's just it's just kind of fun to to reminisce and think about. I mean, because we've been with these people for so long now. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's because yep. it, you used to look at them as just like these 
goddesses, yeah. like untouchable goddesses. I mean, they right. still are, obviously, yeah, right, but yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. So uh, production development here, we're going to get in really quickly. Producer Lionel Wigram remarked that around, for around 10 years, he'd been thinking of new ways to depict Sherlock Holmes, and I realized the images I was seeing in my head when reading the stories were different to the images I'd seen in previous films. He'd imagined a much more modern, more bohemian character who dresses more like an artist or poet, which makes so much sense when you actually look at what RDJ looks like in these films. Uh, so the screenplay, the screenplay was developed by Michael Robert Johnson, Anthony Peckham, and Simon Kinberg, who I recognize that name. Yeah, we Kinberg is an X, he's been X Men guy. Yeah, I got it, got it. And he was uh, the store was developed from the uh, from Wigram and Johnson. <laughs> yeah, as you said, he was known mostly for his uh, for for being in the X Men franchise. And he's making his directorial debut with Dark Phoenix, which I think looks kind of sweet. Debatable. Yeah, yeah, I know. There's like <laughs> moments where it looks sweet, and there's other moments where I'm just like, this could be really bad. It looks very predictable in the trailer. I just wonder if some of the production stuff that's holding up Dark Phoenix has to do with the fact that now Fox owns them, or Disney owns Fox. Right. And Disney's just is like, uh, actually, we don't want this. We don't want this. It's got to look like this. It has to feel like this. It's a Disney movie. We can't have you do this Fox stuff. It's got to be the way we want it. Right. I just wonder if some of the reshoots and stuff have to do with that. I'm not totally sure, but... Um, Moving on to Guy Ritchie really quickly. You know, Ritchie's a guy that, that blew up in the late 90s, early 2000s with Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. Um, those were his two breakout movies that everybody loved. Snatch was a big deal. Yeah. And then as you kind of got into the early to mid 2000s, you know, Revolver, Rock and Rolla, um, made a few movies that were just you know, swept away. Like, he was a guy whose style was really loved. People, like, loved his, like, quick, you know, English, funny, fast-talking it wasn't until he made Sherlock Holmes that he made like a true commercial hit. Yeah. Like a like a movie that like everyone a, a saw. A true blockbuster. He made like a blockbuster and that <clears throat> kind of revitalized his career because now the second half of his career, what he's made in the last few years, has been very different. You know, he made two Sherlock Holmes mo- movies. He made King Arthur. Um, I think there's one other movie in there that I'm forgetting that he does between Sherlock and King Arthur. Uh, I'm pretty certain. I'm just like, yeah. forgetting one um but we can come up with that in a second but um anyway long story short he i believe is also doing a third um third film in the sherlock holmes franchise yeah right? and which is interesting because rachel mcadams is announced to be returning so maybe flashbacks or something who knows huh. interesting. um <clears throat> i'm gonna skip over uh box office for the most part other than the fact that this movie made half a billion dollars and it opened number two behind avatar which was still out still killing it at 75.6 million it's got a 7.6 on imdb 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, a uh, tomato meter, and a 77% from audience. Uh, we are running low on time, but I really want to get to our question of the week, our AMA question, which we run every weekend on our Instagram. And our good friend, uh, he's actually a fan of mine from Clash Royale, oh, who, who became a fan of Action Industries because we've been our, our team that we've been working with has done such a great job with promoting. Uh, he followed our Instagram and Twitter, and, and here he is. So <clears throat> please forgive me. It's uh, Siddharth. Tharpa, I believe, is how you say it. And uh, he wanted to ask us a question, which we kind of touched on a little bit. And it was about the idea that, um, you know, both of these characters, both uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Robert Downey Jr., who have both been in or have played Sherlock Holmes, are both now in the MCU. So I think the question we want to take from that is, well, first of all, who is your favorite Sherlock of the two? And then secondly, who would we like to see move into the MCU that isn't currently in it now? Well, of the two, I actually like RDJ more. I, I like Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock a lot, but I just really, really like a lot of the affectations that Robert Downey Jr. has as Sherlock. I'm just a big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think my answer for actors that I would want to see move into the MCU, uh, my answer is Jackman. Just bring Wolverine over. Just give me one. Just give me one Jackman in the MCU. One crossover. I also think with the, the whole de aging stuff, he's dead. <laughs> that's a future story. <laughs> right, right, right. With right. the whole de aging stuff, like it, it's if you can make Sam Jackson look that much younger for a whole movie. Give me a little bit of like Wolverine. I mean, maybe I'm wrong here. I just <laughs> you just really want it. Some people have said one of the big rumors was that Keanu was gonna be was gonna be Wolverine. Did you hear that? No, I heard I heard recently that Henry Cavill was gonna be Wolverine. How would you feel about that? I don't know. People hate that he's like six something, and the original Wolverine's like five one or five. He's four. supposed to be really short. Yeah, uh, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, I love Henry Cavill. Sweet. Uh, for me, I I also gotta say RDJ. I'm not a big. Uh, I don't know a lot about old school Sherlock Holmes, and I haven't read yeah. a lot of the you know the the source material. I just love Robert Downey Jr. and I love the way that he does it. And um, I think Benedict's, Benedict's uh, portrayal of it is great, and yeah. it's probably more true to what Sherlock Holmes is probably really like. Yeah. But I just I love RDJ, and for me, I, I know it just seems like a cop out because he was just Venom. Yeah. I just want Hardy in the MCU. I want now, him to be a villain in the MCU. Now he's been Bane. Now he's been Venom. Uh, right? I like, know. he could do it. Yeah. But if if not him, because it's just too easy, I'd like to see, of course, Fassbender. I just want to see... X-Men. I like, know. I know. <laughs> like, so many... It's crazy to think that how many actors and actresses that we love are actually ones, have just ended up in these superhero movies. Of course, because you have to. Yeah. There's just so many. Um, I, like I do... Wahlberg could be a good... Wahlberg could be good. A good ad. I don't know what he would be. A lot of people had said uh, Green Lantern. He was one of the big rumored for Green Lantern. Huh. I like him, that. Him and Cruz were the two uh, front runners in that rumor. Cruz would have been so sweet. It's Hal Jordan. Um, uh, so thank you so much for the uh, the question, Siddharth. And you can follow him at Check03 on Instagram. Um, <clears throat> we are running very tight on time, Ben. What should we do? I think we should do favorite line really quickly. Okay. Um, just because I want to talk about the line when the maid walks in. <laughs> oh, I love that line. <laughs> so good. He's, what's he say? He's like, Madam, please remain calm. I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm a professional. The, the key to these, to these shackles is beneath this pillow. <laughs> of course, she misunderstood. My <laughs> she misunderstood. <laughs> I also love that the cop is like, my, my wife was a chambermaid, sir. And then he's <laughs> he like, doesn't say anything. RDJ's face is like, I was just kidding. That's, that's a really great, really <laughs> funny. comic moment. Uh, mine is actually very early on. Rachel McAdams prompts it. She goes, why are you always so suspicious? And he goes, would you like me to respond alphabetically or chronologically? I just liked it. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like perfectly sums up Sherlock Holmes and the way he speaks. There's a lot of really good lines in this movie, actually. I think the writing is really clever. I yeah. I actually think it's like one of the stronger parts of the movie. So um, anyway, that's going to wrap up favorite line and AMA questions. So <clears throat> I think we should probably get into the action movie categories. There are three totally ridiculous, totally legitimate and ridiculously legitimate. Um, I think this movie's totally legit, right? It feels like it, it probably is. It's a little silly at times, but I don't think it ever like loses me. Yeah, I, I think, think it I, does I think, exactly what it intends to do. Yeah, yeah. I think I actually go middle category mainly because of, for some reason, the fight with him and the giant. There's just like moments in there, like the comedy, the injected comedy, and like the ship, and like the swinging of the sledgehammer and the throwing of the little hammer. For a little bit, it just is like, all right, you guys are being a little too silly right now yeah so for me it's gonna land in the middle category fair brandon what do you think uh i'll say middle category middle category yeah yeah all right there's (laughs) only one last thing left to talk about and that's called the pitch so we're pitching a movie that we are doing next week and that's called john wick 3 parabellum we recorded it already we did so weird yeah it is weird uh and i believe that episode will be airing 
next Monday? Monday. Yeah, it's going to be airing Monday the 20th um, because we are switching to Mondays. AMA is changing days. Um, we are going to be recording on Mondays. It'll be live streaming, same time, I believe, 2 p.m. on Mondays? or I be believe 1 so. It could be 1 p.m. We're not 100% sure because we're still working with scheduling with the studio. But ideally, it will still be from 2 to 3. It might be from 1 to 2 Pacific. But we are moving to Mondays. Um we're just we're just busy. We got I got you know we got another uh, summer gigs coming up, and so we just this is the only way to make it work. Yeah, but uh, it'll be the same show, same length, all that. So uh, one or two o'clock on Mondays going forward, guys. Check us out in Houston this weekend. Check us out tonight at seven forty Pacific Standard Time on Booker T's ESPN Radio Show. We're gonna be yep. live streaming. Drew and I are going on to do a live radio appearance to promote the fight, to promote our, our match in Houston this weekend, which we're really excited about. It's gonna be crazy, crazy, insane. Um, you know, get your tickets and uh, Stute Garden. Uh, Stu- yeah. Stuttgarten wait, in wait. Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stuttgarten is where we're gonna have our uh, get together afterwards. Oh yeah, well, I wasn't supposed to say that on air. Yeah, you said you didn't want to, but we will. We're gonna do it at Stuttgarten, <laughs> which is a uh, it's like a German style bar right next to Booker T's World Gym. So uh, we'll be there. Hang yeah, out. we'll be there. So uh, patrons, <laughs> if you're one dollar above patron, you are invited to Stuttgarten in Houston. <clears throat> and anyone that watches this show that's in Houston, you guys are also invited. If I didn't because... say it already, Stuttgarten <laughs> in Houston. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Big general shout out is before we go to Andrew Hayes, Paul Denuso, Billy Bedford, John Getz, and John Patterson. We love you guys. We salute you. Bye, everybody. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.